At, uh, at home, um, under our bed, I have a little box uh, full of treasures, and um, they probably wouldn't mean a lot to you, uh, but they mean a lot to me. And uh, among the treasures under my bed um, is my great-grandmother's Bible. And um, I only met her one time, uh, very briefly, uh, when I was young, um, but she lived to a ripe, nice age in her 90s. Um, and when she passed, uh, the family wanted me to have her Bible. And it is amazing because she received it when she was 10 years old. And in the inside of it uh, is her name about 25 times where she was practicing writing her name. And uh, yeah, it's pretty good, isn't it? And, um, and so it, it, it's this beautiful treasure that connects me uh, to my great-grandmother, but connects me spiritually. Like, it, it just, it's amazing for me to think that, uh, that my great-grandmother was reading this little Bible before, uh, before my parents were born, that that, that was happening. And, and what we've done uh, this morning in baptism is very similar. What we've done in baptism connects us to believers who have went before us for over 2,000 years. For over 2,000 years, men and women who love Jesus have been following him in baptism. And so when I think of baptism, I think of that little Bible and how it connects me to my grandmother, my great-grandmother. But yet what we've done is so much bigger and so beautiful as we're connected to those who have went before us. And so baptism's a pretty big deal. It's not every day in Erdington that three grown men get in an inflatable jacuzzi and go underwater. Amen? It was, might be a really good party, but it doesn't happen very often, right? And so uh, let's spend just a few moments looking in the Scripture and just reminding ourselves from the Word of God what baptism is and how it connects us to those who have gone before us. So uh, I want to invite you to turn to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28. Matthew uh, chapter 28, um, and if you have one of the church Bibles, does anyone know the page? It's all right, maybe you don't have one. All right, if you would like a Bible, just lift your hand and George will bring you one. All right, Matthew chapter 28, and, and we're going to go to the very end uh, to what might be, for many of us, a familiar passage, Matthew 28, and we're going to begin in verse 16. And, and just to, to remind ourselves of the context uh, here in Matthew 28, so Jesus has died on the cross, he has risen from the grave, and now he has spent a time with his disciples teaching them and preparing them as he knows that he's going to send back to heaven to be with the Father. And so Jesus has now gathered his disciples on a mountain, and Jesus is about to leave, he's about to go back to heaven, uh, which we know the scripture says that even this morning he sits at the right hand of God the Father. And so Jesus then is going to give his disciples these parting words, this parting charge. Now, uh, this is pretty critical, isn't it? In other words, these are the last words on earth that Jesus will speak to his disciples. And so I believe he chooses them with high intentionality. This is what the scripture says, Matthew 28, beginning in verse 16. Now then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw Jesus, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And then Jesus came to them and said, 
all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, or because of this, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you for your word. Uh, Thank you that it's alive and true. And Jesus, just for these next few moments as we study your word, we ask, Lord, that you would open our minds, that you would give us understanding of your word. We, We can't understand it without you, Holy Spirit. We pray and humbly ask that you would soften our hearts, that we would be changed and transformed by your word. And we pray, simply ask, Lord, that you would speak to us, your people, for your glory and for our good, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's spend just a few moments just reminding of ourselves of, of baptism and, and what it means and how it connects us to those who've went before us. We'll just see three simple things uh, this morning. Number one, we see this. As followers of Jesus, we're baptized because we've trusted in Jesus as Lord and Savior. Right? So as followers of Jesus, as disciples of Jesus, we're baptized because we have trusted in Jesus as Lord and Savior. And so notice the, the, the order of events that Jesus gives them. He says, I want you to go, and I want you to go to all the nations. Right? I want you to cover the globe, go amongst the people, and I want you to first what? Go and make disciples of the nations. He says, before you baptize, go and make Disciples, I believe the idea is simply this, that belief precedes baptism. Belief precedes baptism. He doesn't say go and baptize people so that they can be disciples. He, he says, uh, make them disciples so that they might be baptized. Now, as we get into the book of Acts, we see this pattern throughout Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter uh, 18. We see this over and over in the early church, this idea of belief and be baptized. Believe and be baptized. And so baptism uh, flows out of our belief in the Lord Jesus. So uh, here's one example in Acts chapter 2. And so the apostle Peter is preaching to a massive group of people. And so the Holy Spirit has come upon the disciples. If you remember, they've been in the upper room. They've been praying. Jesus said, "Go go and pray and wait. They've done that. The Holy Spirit's come upon them, and now uh, Peter preaches this amazing sermon. And this is what Peter says in Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. And those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day, right? And so we see it twice in this passage. Look at the very beginning. Uh, Peter's message is repent and be baptized, right? And so belief precedes baptism. And then look there at the end at the result. It says those who what? Accepted his message were baptized. Those who rejected the message were not, right? And, and so, as followers of Jesus, we're da- baptized because we've trusted in Jesus as our Lord and Savior. So we refer to that as 
believer's baptism. So, uh, so for us here at Oikos, for example, that would be one reason that we would not baptize infants. Now, we, we love babies, and we have loads of them, right? Uh, but, but one reason we believe that they aren't to be baptized is because they can't believe. And now we pray our children will believe as soon as possible. But it seems like the Scripture, the consistent teaching is that baptism proceeds belief. And so um, I'm, I'm going to ask uh, Nathan, if you will, to come. And, uh, and Nathan's going to help me uh, illustrate kind of how baptism works. Because baptism is a way that we show others that we're following Jesus. All right? And so, um, thank you, Nathan. So I uh, was married on, and I, I looked this up this morning to make sure I'm right, um, <laughs> August the 15th, 1992, Come on, Christy. Yeah. All right. So August 15th, 1992, uh, Christy uh, Maria Cruz and Kenneth Maxwell Dubnick became husband and wife. And go ahead and just say, oh, or something like that. Yeah, come on. It was amazing. You should have been there. And so, um, so we were married, all right? And so part of being married is I wear a ring, right? And we call this a wedding ring. And so this, this wedding ring just, just shows the world that, that I have made a commitment, entered into covenant with Jesus and with Christy uh, in marriage, all right? So, Nathan, uh, if you would, just tell us just the, the month, the day, and the year that you were married. I'm not married. Okay. Not married. Claire, did you, you're all right. You can affirm that. Not married. All right. Praying one day, right, but, but not yet. Okay, so watch this. I'm taking off the wedding ring, and Nathan's putting it on. Feel anything, like anything happening? There's a ring on your finger. That's about it. Now, let me ask you the question. Am I still married? I'm still married, right? That, that ring doesn't make me married, and it doesn't keep me married, right? Now, let me ask you, is Nathan now married because he's wearing a wedding ring? No, thank you, Nathan. Give Nathan a hand. He did amazing. He did off. All right. So, so here's the deal. Baptism, then, is a wee bit like a wedding ring, okay? It, it, doesn't, it doesn't keep me married, right? I, if I take it off, like, I'm, I'm still married, right? What, what makes me married is there was a specific point in time where I entered into covenant with Jesus and Christy. That's what makes me married, right? Uh, putting it on doesn't make Nathan married. It just means he's wearing a ring. Baptism works a bit like that. Baptism doesn't make us a Christian, right? Like, sorry to disappoint, but that was just Birmingham, like, city water that was in there, right? But there's nothing, there's nothing unique. So, so being baptized does not make one a Christian, right? And, and, and also, though, we, we need to recognize that the Scripture would also teach that baptism is not a prerequisite for someone to believe and make it to heaven. Uh, we think of the thief on the cross, Right? And so the thief on the cross had no opportunity to be baptized. And yet, after professing his belief in Jesus, Jesus said, surely today you will be with me in paradise. All right? And so, and so baptism, then, is a, is a bit like a wedding ring. It doesn't keep us married. It doesn't make us married. But it shows the world that I've made a commitment to Christy and to Jesus. All right? And so that leads us into the second thing, then, uh, that we see. And it's, uh, and it's this. 
All right, number two, as followers of Jesus, we're baptized, right, because we've trusted in him. But secondly, uh, we're baptized to publicly proclaim our commitment to love and follow Jesus, right? We're, we're baptized uh, because we believe in Jesus. But secondly, we're baptized so we can publicly proclaim to the world our commitment to love and follow Jesus. It's, it's where we wear a wedding ring, right? This ring is just a proclamation of a commitment, a covenant that I've entered into. Baptism is a public proclamation of a commitment, a covenant that we've entered into with the Lord Jesus. And so he says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations and now baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And so this baptism now begins uh, becomes a way that we can identify who are disciples. He says, as you go and make disciples, the way that they will publicly identify themselves with me in the local church is through baptism. Uh, it, uh, think of it this way, that baptism is, is an outward expression of an inward experience, right? It's an outward expression of an inward experience. The inward experience is that, that we've been forgiven of our sins, that we've been washed white as snow, that we've been cleansed, that, uh, that Jesus has taken our heart of stone and given us a heart of flesh. Like, we've been changed from the inside out. Amen? That's what it means to become a follower of Jesus. We are transformed from the inside out. And so this, this outward baptism becomes this outward expression of this inward experience. And so what we'll find then in Scripture is that it, it is a public declaration. And so, again, we, we see loads of examples. We saw one on our video this morning with, uh, with Philip in the Ethiopian eunuch. Um, they you know, didn't go in a hideaway. It was done publicly. And we see this all throughout Scripture. So uh, here's, uh, here's another example for us. And uh, this would be John the Baptist. So if you remember John the Baptist, he is Jesus' cousin. They're first cousins. And he, uh, he's about six months older than Jesus. And he has been out preaching uh, a, a message of repentance, preparing the way for Jesus to come. And this is what it says. It says, And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. That's, that's pretty amazing. I mean, uh, we, we, we take it at face value. And so he says the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem. We don't know exactly what the population of Jerusalem would have been in that day, but it would have been in the tens of thousands. And so you're talking about a very public event. You're talking about thousands of people gathering along the riverbank to watch this, right? And, and, and you'll remember uh, the Gospels tell us that in the midst of this amazing scene, who appears but none other than Jesus? And remember, John says, behold, the Lamb of God who's come to take away the sins of the world, right? And so thousands of people have come to witness this. And this then seems to be kind of the story through Acts. That, that there's this public proclamation of what it means to follow Jesus. And so that's what baptism is, right? We're, we're baptized because we believe in Jesus. But secondly, we're baptized so that we can publicly proclaim to the world what it means to follow him. Uh, we, we do something else that is maybe a little bit different here than, than some groups. And that is we, we do believer's baptism, which means we 
we think the Bible teaches you kind of have to trust Jesus before you're baptized. But then also, we, we baptize by immersion, which means you go under the water. And if you see here, he says, um, John the Baptist goes, he's baptizing, right? Preaching a baptism of repentance. We saw this with the Ethiopian eunuch. We see throughout Scripture. And the Greek word baptism is the word baptizo. And it literally means to submerse underwater. It means to dunk underwater. And so that's why we dunk underwater. That seems to be the case. And so you see here in the river and others, it talks about them going down into the water. And so the word literally means to go underwater. And so it's why we baptize by immersion. We, we also baptize, and particularly by immersion, because it, it seems to best represent the meaning of baptism. And Paul gives this to us in Romans chapter 6. In Romans chapter 6, he says this. He says, or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. And so the Apostle Paul uh, here is saying that baptism is this beautiful image, this beautiful picture of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And so, uh, and so as Tom was baptized, as, as any of us have been baptized, it's this picture of where we're, uh, we're in the water, right? We're, we're upright. And so it's the idea that we die to ourselves. We die to our old life. We're buried so we go under the water, right? And then what happens? We're resurrected to new life. We come up out of the water. It's this beautiful picture then of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so we then are saying we affirm the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and we do that ourselves, right? And so remember what Jesus said. He said, if anyone would be my disciple, they must daily take up their cross, right? Deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. And so it's, it's what we show in baptism, that we're denying ourselves, we're dying to ourselves, we're raised to new life, and we're now following Jesus, right? And so it's, it's a beautiful picture of what it means to, to go under the water and to be raised to new Life. So uh, in baptism, we as followers of Jesus do it because we believe in him. We're, we're baptized as followers of Jesus because it's a, a public declaration of our love for him and our commitment to follow him. It's a public declaration of his death, burial, and resurrection. But then lastly, we see this, that as followers of Jesus, we are baptized as an act of obedience to Jesus and his word. As followers of Jesus, we are baptized as an act of obedience to Jesus and his word. Uh, notice what he says here then. He says, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, right? And so we'll see this then again in the preaching of the apostles throughout the book of Acts. There's this, this continual preaching of, you know, repent, believe, baptize, right? Repent, believe, baptize. We see it over and over. And so there's this call to obedience. In fact, I would say that baptism is the first calling of obedience to the new disciple. 
Baptism is the first calling to obedience to the new disciple, right? And so we believe and we're baptized. And so notice there in Acts chapter 2 with with Peter, he preaches and he says about 3,000 people believed. And when did they baptize him? Baptized him right then, didn't they? Right? It was this, this immediate first step of baptism. Now, uh, it's, it's a different culture, and it's, it's a different time, and we don't necessarily have rivers quickly available. I guess we could do the canal, but you, you probably need a tetanus shot or something, right? Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but nonetheless, right, nonetheless, it is, it is a first step of obedience. And in fact, I would say this. I think that if, if we've given our life to Jesus, if, if we've placed our trust and faith in him, but then we're hesitant to be baptized, it probably means we need to step back and question our commitment to Jesus. Right? Because baptism is that first step of obedience. He says, teaching them to obey everything I commanded. Uh, The word obey there, it literally means in the Greek to closely watch. Right? To closely watch. And I love that. Jesus says, closely watch. Right? Obedience simply means this. Closely watch what Jesus does and do what he does. Are you with me? Uh, uh, Obedience, it literally means in the Greek to closely watch. It's the word in Greek they would use for a soldier in a lookout tower. For a soldier in a lookout tower. Now, I'm I'm not sure if we ever had these in the UK, but growing up in the States and the part of America where we lived, uh, we lived in the mountains and we had fire towers. Um, and this, uh, so growing up, I can remember taking a school field trip to a fire tower. And so a fire tower is exactly what it, it kind of sounds like. It's this really, really tall tower, and 24 hours a day, there would be someone stationed in the fire tower on the lookout for forest fires, because they were devastating where we grew up. And so uh, they, they couldn't nap, they couldn't daydream, they, you know, they had to, to, to be on the lookout at all times for a forest fire, so they could report it, Right. That's the Greek word here for obedience. It literally means to be on the lookout at all times. So obedience means we just, we, we just and it's coming back to what we looked at last week. It's, it's why we want to make much of the Bible. It's why we want to be people of the word, because I want to see what Jesus does in here, and then I want to do what he does, right? Now, uh, I'll, I'll just be the first to say that's hard. Amen? If you're not amen and you ain't ever tried loving your enemies. <laughs> right? You've never tried blessing those who curse you, right? Um, I was, uh, I was uh, at a, uh, a traffic uh, light recently, and apparently the man beside me was not happy with my driving, and he did a few hand signs, but it was not, uh, it was not sign language. Well, it was, because I understood what he was saying, and, um, and, uh, and it was not, may the Lord bless you and keep you. That's not what he was saying, and um, and every, like, my flesh was just like, just roll down the window and tell him what, 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 what you think of that. And then the Lord was like, or you could bless him and pray for him. <sighs> you with me? All right, Lord, help me. So I'm like, all right, Lord, would you just bless this guy? Well, then as I'm praying, the light changes and I don't realize it. So the guy behind me starts beeping. <laughs> And he does the same exact thing to me. So I'm just praying for everybody, like, right there at the stoplight, right? Because I'm making enemies everywhere, right? Listen, obedience just means we, we see what Jesus does and we do what he does. 
but he blesses those who curse him. He, he forgives those who lash out at him. This is who Jesus is. And there in Mark, where we saw John and John out baptizing, what did Jesus come and do? Jesus came and was baptized. He was baptized by John. Now, if you'll remember with me, uh, he comes, comes down into the river, and he's baptized, and the Bible says the Holy Spirit descends like a dove, and there's a voice from heaven saying, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. And so we, uh, we follow Jesus. We follow his example in obedience as we too follow him in baptism. Why are we baptized? We're baptized because we believe in the Lord Jesus. We're baptized because it's a, a public declaration of our love for Jesus. And then thirdly, we're baptized because it's really kind of a first step in obeying Jesus and following him. And, and so uh, maybe you're a Christian and you've never followed the Lord in baptism like that. Maybe you know that you love Jesus and, and you know that, that you're living for him and following him, but maybe you would even say, you know, I, I was kind of maybe baptized as, as a child or, or I don't really remember. And maybe for you, you would want to pray and say, Lord, just something that, that maybe now as an adult that I would want to do, like follow you in believers' baptism. Maybe you would be maybe a step or two before that, and you would say, you know, I, I don't really know a lot about Jesus. And maybe like Tom, you would be open to maybe studying the Bible with someone, learning more about who Jesus is and how you too can uh, love him and follow him. And so uh, we're going to pray and and, uh, and then just a bit, we're going to be downstairs, and we're going to be eating and spending time with one another. And can I just encourage you, if, if maybe you too would like to know more about, hey, how, how can, you know, how can I know this story that Tom was talking about? How can I know that sense of freedom, that, that sense of forgiveness? How, how can I learn more about Jesus? Would you, would you just grab Dan or me or someone and just say, hey, could you maybe just share with me a bit more about that? And we would love to do that. Or maybe, again, maybe you're a believer, but just on days like today, you just kind of think, man, I don't know if I've really done that, followed the Lord in that kind of believer's baptism, and maybe you would want to do that. Again, speak to Dan or myself, and we would love to help you any way we can. It's been a good day. Amen, church? It's been a good day. And um, I just I love baptism. I love communion. I love these things that connect us back for thousands of years, to those who have went before us. And in baptism, all the way back to Jesus himself. Amen. Let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the gift of baptism. We thank you that it is it's more than just a ceremony. It's this beautiful picture, Jesus, of your death, burial, and resurrection. And we're reminded, Jesus, that you said that no one took your life from you, but that you you gladly laid it down. And so we see in the baptism waters, Jesus, your love, your compassion, your grace, your mercy, that you would lay down your life. But thank you, Jesus, that three days later, you were raised to life again. Thank you for what you've done in and through Tom. We pray that you would continue to bless him. Pray the best days of his life would be the days yet to come. And pray that you would be at work in him and through him for your glory. And Lord, just pray that if there would be one here this morning that is maybe thinking 
about you, Jesus, and has questions, would you give them courage to ask, just as you gave Tom courage to ask? And maybe even in baptism, if we would need to speak to someone about that, give us courage, Lord, to obey you, to follow you. We love you, Jesus. It's been a good day. And Jesus, you alone get all the glory and all the praise. For we pray in your holy name, Jesus. Amen.